Hey, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. And just remember, if you need any help with investing or want a second opinion on your current investments, feel free to reach out to me at centurycitywealthmanagement.com. Have an awesome day. Hey, I want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and bring them on here to share their top tips for success with you. Really excited to have Stephen Notworth on the line, also known as Steve, uh, and he's the president of thegreenretrofit.com. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Good to be here. All right, so really excited to get into your business. I know you have a crowdfunding campaign going on. You have a, you know, you have a lot of things, um, you know, that that are going on on your side. But before we go into all of that, let's start with, you know, your background as an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, funny story. I guess we could start with. I I grew up in Palos Verdes. I had an older brother, and we each inherited ten thousand dollars. And my brother, who was wiser than me, raced out to Malibu and bought three and a half acres. I won't tell you how that worked out, but he's still, he's still, still out there. And I bought a, a hamburger stand on Ventura Boulevard. I was fascinated with the restaurant business. So uh, I bought my first burger stand, Stevens, on Ventura Boulevard right at Havenhurst. And then I ended up doing about five restaurants. There was a time... Uh, in the 70s and 80s when all the guys that got out of World War II were cooks and they had opened these, all these freestanding restaurants. Then as they retired, they became available. So I would uh, buy one of these restaurants, a burger stand, and get the volume up and sell it and flip it. And I was very successful on three of them, and two of them I uh, really took a beating. And then I found after 20 years my legs get tired, which everybody learns in the restaurant business. Eventually you've got to do something else, and I switched to the – real estate business, which I wanted to do something, you know, I could just talk on the phone and make sales and have fun. My my dad was a steel salesman, so I would listen to him in the morning. So I ended up uh, in Wilmington and San Pedro in the early 2000s, and that was uh, right at the end of the crash. They just had some wonderful deals there. So I started uh, buying apartment buildings with uh, partners. We got a couple of great buildings, and I really learned a lot. It was a, just a fascinating business. We ended up with 96 units, and then the crash came. So we had a problem on two of the buildings, and the rest were quite successful, and we ended up selling them. So that's kind of uh, a just a brief history. Wow. And, uh, that's a brief history. Wow, that's great. So you went from burgers to real yeah. estate, and in between there you said your dad was a – he thought he was a, um, a steel salesman. Um, can you, you know, a lot of people in this, uh, so you kind of grew up in a sales atmosphere, so you probably had no, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably ha- didn't have quite as much inhibition about the idea of sales, because you know that in anything we do in terms of products or anything, you have to yeah. sell, you have to market that. Um, yeah. Regardless of if you like the words, you don't like the word, doesn't matter, you have to sell, nobody's going to, like, yeah. that's just the way it is. Can you, yeah. you know, can you maybe... Talk a little bit about that process. Like if you maybe somebody didn't grow up in a sales atmosphere and they're kind sure. of shy or scared, can you, you know, give a little advice on that? Oh, best advice there is, when I was growing up, my dad had a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People by the Toilet, believe it or not. So you would, you would just glance at that. But I would listen to him in the morning, line up the calls. You know, I'd lay in bed and listen. He was just friendly. The main thing when you're selling is you've got to believe in the product 
but you have to listen and figure out where the other person is. You have to do what they call putting them together. You've got to put the other guy together, and then you're just kind of trying to overcome obstacles the whole time. And if you're lucky, like we'll do a real estate deal, you'll just be grinning because you'll have done them a service. So really the first trick in sales is get a good product that you believe in that helps people. I would say that's the easiest. And then they always say the journey starts with the first step. You've got to pick up that phone. <laughs> I'll walk and I'll hand out brochures on a street. You park on that corner and, boy, you really got to get your courage up to go door to door. But after the first door, they say it gets a little bit easier and, then you just go to you can't stand the rejection anymore. That's great. And let's talk about, you know, your attitude on failure, because I have a feeling that you're, and for the people listening, we didn't prep these questions, but I just have sure. a feeling by listening to your voice that, that, you know, you have a different outlook on failure than most people listening to this. So what's your outlook on failure? I am used to it. And they have a thing on Channel 28, and they I can't remember if it's Churchill or whoever said that uh, success is going from failure to failure enthusiastically. And so you, most of the stuff you do will fail, and when you read about it, I'm reading uh, Shoe Dog by the founder of Nike, and he's talking about, boy, it's a fabulous book, by the way, but he's, you know, this is nothing exciting. He just sticks with it and keeps going year after year, and the thing I'm impressed with him is he just doggedly goes forward. So, I mean, you're going to fail. Most of the stuff, this is interesting too, I read the Paul Simon biography, it took him 12 songs to get to uh, Sound of Silence, it took him 12 times to try to get a hit, and he just kept going, and then all of a sudden it exploded. So, what you hear is it accumulates, and the theory is you keep reaching out and going forward, and I tell people in real estate, if you're reaching out and going forward, it won't come at you directly from what you're doing, but if you're reaching out, it will come at you from the side or the back somewhere you're not uh, expecting, but that's the old proverb about sowing and reaping. You must keep sowing. That you don't stop. Oh, man, I love it. These are all great advice and all true. I love it. Um, let's talk about what you're working on currently. Um, talk, let's talk a little bit more about your, your current business, and also I know you got a, you have a crowdfunding campaign going. Let, let us know some of that. Sure. I'm a, a real estate broker, which is fun, and I moved out to Riverside after we did the apartments, and started selling homes, and about two years ago, they started training realtors in green, which is efficiency and energy saving. It's the world's most boring subject because you talk about insulation and all this, but they're training the realtors, and basically, after 2009, they changed the building codes, and they made the building so they don't leak as much, and instead of six inches of insulation, they went to 18. So long story short, now, man, my eyes really perked up when they taught me this, you can take your house, if it's before 2009, you add insulation, you seal the air leaks, you go to LED lights, and you change around a few things, maybe the way you do your hot water heater. And then the main thing is, after 10 years, your air conditioning ducts start to leak. So most people are buying 30 solar panels, and they're putting it on a house that leaks and is energy efficient. They're paying too much for solar panels and buying too many, and they keep running this inefficient house. So the trick is to make your house like a thermos, basically, is what you're trying to do. You drop your energy costs, and you buy about 40% less solar panels. That's currently where we are, not to keep talking, but solar panels are now less expensive than electricity. So if you do the combination of reducing your needs by 40% and then get the right financing and the right deal on your solar panels, you can pay the whole thing off in about seven years and be uh, uh, not debt-free, but you can be utility-free 
just briefly, I, I have a little thing on it. If you compound a $180 energy bill at 7% a year at 360 in 10 years, that takes about 80000 in the bank to pay off. If you do the green retrofit, which is what we're trying to do, you've got it paid off in seven years. It's like giving you an $80,000 gift. Wow. No, that's great. Um, $80,000 gift. Um, if, you have, if you're in that situation, um, what's your website? How can people reach out to you? I'm at I, – I, well, the one we're using now for the crowdfunding is called The Great Game of Real Estate, The Great Game of Real Estate. And I, I borrowed it from a guy that wrote a book called The Great Game of Business. He took over an international harvester plant that was going broke, and he opened up the books to everybody, which I'm a giant fan of. But everybody saw the books. They saw their place, and they got the thing lined up, and they all make money. And the theory was if people are working on a project and they know what it's about, and they're involved in it, it, it goes. So anyway, greatgameofrealestate.com, and there's a link to the crowdfunding there too. Awesome. That's really good. Um, no, I, I love it all. I love the tips you shared today. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your best. Thank you. Thanks a million, Adam. It was a pleasure. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. All right, you too. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Bye. 